Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Right into the Word today. Go ahead and open up your Bibles, your iPads, your phones. If you are on social media, go ahead and check in to C3. Praise God. Uh, you can do a hashtag, there's got to be more, part two. <laughs> I was talking about this last Sunday, and as I was praying, the Lord said, well, you're not done with that yet. So I have part two today, that there's got to be more. So we're going to start off in the Gospels, if you're okay with that. If you need a Bible, please raise your hands. Um, being a word teaching church is important that you see what I'm preaching is in the Word of God. I don't uh, particularly get into the uh, instruct people on what versions that they use. I, I just say, use whatever version you can understand. Amen? And uh, God will speak to you. So if you want to use your phone, if you want to use your iPad, by all means, please use that. We are a social media-friendly church. If you hear something, sense something that, wow, that's powerful, you want to share with your friends, by all means, please do that. And get the word out about God. Amen? Amen? So open your Bibles to John 10.10. 10. The book of John 10.10. 10. Normally I read a, a lot of passages of Scripture. We're going to bypass that this morning. And uh, we're going to read a couple of Scriptures. And then we're going to jumpstart right back in where we left off last Sunday about there's got to be more. Um, how many of you in this room would be honest enough uh, with yourself to say that you feel like there's more that God has for you? Okay. How many in this room would say there's nothing else God can do for me? Oh, okay. Then, then 100% of you in this room believe that there's something more to life than what you're living this morning. Is that, am I correct in that assessment? Now, now, if you don't need anything else from God, please just tune this message out because this message is not for you. This message is for people who are honest enough and are willing to do a self-assessment to say, I know there's more to God than what I have in my life right now, including the one that's speaking to you. I know there's more to God than what John Lofton is living right now. And I'm upset with myself because I want more of God. I need more of God in my life. I desire him now than I ever have before in my life, ever in my lifetime. And, and there's nothing really critical. I mean, he healed me from cancer, you know, I have a good job and got the most amazing wife. Hallelujah. Whew. You had to get a quickening on that, boy. <laughs> Praise God. And so it's just not like I have a great concern other than the fact that I need more of God in my life right now. And guess what? There is no better place to be. It's to be in the place of God's choosing right in the center of his will. 
that is the best place to be. Come on, saints of God. See, this, this goes way beyond getting a check or you, you, you got the car, you got the house, and God will give you the job. He'll give you all that stuff. This goes way beyond material things. What I'm talking about is God can move you into a spiritual realm to where you didn't even ask for something, and God can give you some clarity on something, and you go, ooh, okay, I got that. Somebody getting ready to tell you some nonsense. And before they even get it off of their tongue, good God has already downloaded to you that it's a lie. See, that's what I'm talking about, right? You don't even have to think about it. God already gave it to you. You go, you just look at him and go, mm-hmm. Right? Amen, somebody? See, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about wisdom on a level that will dumbfound people with a doctorate and a master's degree. See, see, that kind of wisdom comes from God, right? I'm not knocking degrees and all. Don't get me wrong here. But, but there are some things that God can give you discernment on that no school can teach you. Hello, somebody. See, that, that's what wisdom is. You get around people. I know people never even barely finish high school. And they can have a conversation with you and you go, my God, what? Because they're so full of wisdom, and you go, man, shoot, you're trying to pull your phone out. You're trying to get notes. You're like, man, that's, that's good right there, bro. What did you just say? Why? Because it's full of wisdom. You, have, you might have some parents in your life or some aunts or uncles in your life. You know, they barely finished school. But when you, or didn't, right? But when you talk to them, and you ask them questions about life, man, they can download some stuff to you that'll change your life for the rest of your life. And you will never forget, oh, man, my uncle said this. Oh, my auntie said this. Oh, my mama said, oh, my, I remember when my dad said this. Grandparents. Yeah. And see, we've lost a lot of our grandparents because now grandmama want to be in the club with them. Oh, am I in the right church this morning? Got on stuff she should not be wearing. You know your legs don't look that good. Oh, see, y'all done already started some mess. <laughs> I was doing good. Y'all started some mess with me, right? Amen. But see, my, my, one of my greatest mentors in my life was her dad. Dad never, did dad, dad, did he finish high school? Sixth grade education. I miss him so much. I could call dad up and say, dad, I got, I got some stuff going on in the church. I don't know what to do. He'll say, well, let's pray. <laughs> That's dad. He'll pray. And see, dad, see, dad will go off in tongues on you. And I'm like, whoa. And boy, when he comes out, he's got a word for me. Son, this is what you need to do. I value that relationship that I had with him. That's wisdom. Sixth grade education, but so full of wisdom, so full of God. That's what I'm talking about. That's, man can't give you that. Hello, somebody. Amen? So think about those things as we get into this word today. Go to John 10.10. John 10.10. So glad you're here this morning. Amen. John 10.10. And then we're going to go to first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 
Now, the passage that I'm about to read to you, most of us have quoted, read, written, heard uh, all of these passages before, uh, but perhaps I might be able to share some revelation this morning. John 10.10, for the Bible says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come, this is Jesus, that they may have life, but he didn't stop right there. He said, I am come that they may have life, may have, may have. That means you got a choice. Jesus didn't say, I came that you, you just automatically receive this. He said, I am come that they may have. That means he's open for you to come, but you have to make the choice. That they may have life, but he didn't stop right there, saints. And that they may have it more abundantly, which means there's something greater than just having life. Hello, somebody. Now, the thief that he's talking about here is not, listen to me carefully, is not the devil. So if you want to know who it was, you got to read John 10, 1. The thief is someone who tries to come another way. He's speaking in the natural, not spiritually. If you try to come another way other than through Jesus, who is the door, you are considered a thief. And then he says the thief, the same one who tries to come another way. I know you've heard the term the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is, did, did the Bible say the devil or the thief? This is why you got to understand proper context. He's talking about, so while you're trying to look at the devil trying to do something spiritually, you got your heart wide open to somebody in the natural already robbing you. The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. And let me just give you another little tidbit of information. The devil can't take nothing from a Christian. He's defeated already. You need to know he's already defeated. And if you don't know he's already defeated, then you have given him access. So sick of Christians talking about, well, the devil this and the devil that. Well, why is the devil so comfortable with you? I'm going to start preaching in a minute. Somebody say the thief. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 for me, my friends. If I get a little excited, I don't apologize. Because I am happy to be living. I love life. Life can be so different right now. I just love living. I just love life. And I'm going to live life to the fullest. How about you? T.D. Jake said, do it all and leave nothing out. That's what I want to do with my life. Come on. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Somebody said new. new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things. How many things? All. all things have become new. Hallelujah. I love these passages of Scripture, so I'm going to try to tie it all together in my sermon. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for your spirit here today. I ask you to give me the tongue of the learned, that I will have wisdom and understanding to speak to the hearts of your people today. 
I don't know the needs, but you do. So, Father, I'm asking you, if you got to change anything about this message, please change it so that the needs of the people are met. Not here to make an impression, God, but I do want to make an impact on the people. So, Father, you do your bidding, hide my flesh behind your cross so that only your purity and your anointing will come forth in this sermon. I thank you for it, God. I bless you for it in Jesus' name. Saints of God said, Amen. Amen. See, saints, I have come to the conclusion, just like I said earlier today, that there's more to life that I want to live. I don't, I don't want to just come and just take a breath and not make an impact on the lives of other people. I want to live life, but according to John 10.10, 10, there is another dimension that we can live on. He said, I have come to give you life, but I've come to give you life more abundantly. So this morning, I want to encourage each and every one of you with this statement. God can use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. When you look at the 12 that he chose, they were 12 ordinary men that he did extraordinary things with. And if God can take ordinary men to do extraordinary things then, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then he can take an ordinary person like you and like me and do extraordinary things. Can somebody say amen? amen. See, it doesn't matter if you went to college or you didn't. I think, I think education is key. It's good to get a good, solid education. But let me tell you something. Your education is not going to determine how much anointing is going to be on your life. I don't care how much seminary you've been through. You can have every theological doctorate degree, and you can still be as stale as a piece of ice. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. What matters is how much of God do you have, because with God, all things are possible. Let me tell you something. There are impossible things in the human form impossible. I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. Impossible. But when you add God to it, he splits the I am and the possible and he says, I'm possible. And what I want you to see here is I'm possible. Come on and touch your heart and say, I'm possible. Uh -uh. Whatever God has said in your life, he's going to do because I'm possible. I know man might say it's not possible, but God says, I'm possible. God says, I am a prophet. God says, I am a preacher. God says, I am a teacher. God says, I am an evangelist. God says, I am an apostle. God says that I'm anointed to break yokes and remove the burden. God said it, sir. I'm possible. So when the devil comes to you and try to bring depression to you, you say, get behind me, Satan, because I'm possible. Somebody say, I'm possible. Mm, come on, come on, come on, come on. There should be something beginning to stir up in your spirit because the devil has been trying to stop you. Man has been trying to stop you. And even your own nasty thinking, your stinking thinking has been trying to stop you. But I came to tell somebody this morning that you're possible. And the only thing that can stop you is you. The devil's already defeated and God already wants you prosperous. So what are you waiting for? Somebody say impossible. See, the Bible is very clear. He said all things are possible with him. And then in the Old Testament, Sarah, uh, Sarai, at this particular time, uh, the Spirit of the Lord came. Uh, God came and, and said that, you know, Sarah is going to have a child. Uh, see, see, Sarah in her mind was, it's impossible. Yeah. Glory to God. Sarah said, wait a minute, I'm too old. Oh, come on, man. And she began to overhear this conversation with the old man, Abraham. She said, how can my Lord bring me pleasure? You see what was on her mind. 
<laughs> See, that old woman was just about getting pregnant. That old woman said, look here, it's been a long time. So, and so, 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 and so she said, how can my Lord bring me pleasure? And she laughed. And, and the, 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 the man of God, which was, a, was the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? See, that was not really a question. It was actually a statement of fact. Is there anything too hard for God? No, because all things are. See, you might see something that's improbable, but God says there's a possibility. The reason God says there's a possibility, because possibly you need to make the decision to, that they may have. That means may means there's a, it's a conditional word. It's like the word if. It's a small word, but it's a big word. If, I-F, if, 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 if means you got to make a decision. If you do this, then I will do that. It's like a, a computer statement. A computer statement said, if you do this, then that will happen. If you follow my word, then I will bless you. Just because you give $100 does not mean that God will bless you. If you're not following the standard, God has no, no reason to bless you. So when, when I began to look at this, I, I was looking at Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. See, I'm, I'm trying to give you scriptures that has encouraged me. So this is not a sermon, it's a message. This is what the Lord has been speaking to me, because me too, Erica, I felt like there was just Mm, it's just something else that I needed. It's just I'm on the precipice of something. I, I, I feel something is about to break in my life. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but, I, I, but I, it's almost like I feel stagnant, but I'm still moving. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. And so it's like, man, I, there, there's, I'm just, it's not a refreshness that I'm looking for. It's not that renewing that I'm looking for. It's just like, man, God, I know, I know I'm doing things for you, but on what level? And there's something greater. And he said, there's more to life than what you're living, John. And so he said, let me encourage you with the scriptures. So I'm giving you the scriptures that God encouraged me with. He said in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. So let me tell you like this, saints of God, when you were in the belly, he put something in your belly. When you were in the belly of your mama, God said, I put something in your belly. Because out of your belly shall. Before I form you, I knew you. He knew. Come on, saints of God. I, I got to get you there. See, 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 you don't know you. God said, before you knew you, I knew you. I made you, I ordained you, I qualified you, I blessed you. I'm the one that called you out of darkness into the marvelous light of my dear son. God says, I know all about you. You don't know nothing. And the only way to know who you are is to get in God. Come on, somebody. You got to get all the way in him if you want to know who you are. You keep playing around. You ain't going to know who you are. Then you're going to allow some relationship, some old dumb joker going to tell you who you are. And then you're going to be living your life defined by some. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm not going to go there. Let's write this down. You were handpicked for a deeper purpose. You were handpicked for a deeper purpose. See, some people, they, they, they think the whole purpose is in their career. 
Mm -mm. Your purpose is in God. Hello, somebody. I use my career for the purpose of God. See, a lot of people, they ask me, well, Pastor, when are you going to get in full-time ministry? Well, I, I had no clue that I wasn't in full-time ministry. <laughs> it was news to me. I was like, well, brother, I've never been a part-time minister. But I knew what they meant. They meant that when are you going to start working for the church 100% of the time and get your salary from there? I, I got a good mind. I can make good money. I don't feel like I got to stop making good money just to be a pastor of a church. Hello, somebody. So that ought to comfort your heart because I'm not here to break you. I can make my own money. My wife, we make our own money. I pay my own bills. Hello, somebody. I'm not here to fleece you. I don't need your money. I make my own money. And guess what? This is God's house. God will take care of his house even when you won't. If you don't give based on what God is telling you to give, God will tell somebody outside of this church to write us a check so that we can have what we need. He's already done it. So and since I trust God before I trust you, then I don't have to sit here and fleece you. Because Elaine and I are blessed by what we give, not by what you give. Come on, can I clean some stuff up? I know, I know, I know this is a little foreign. I know it. I know it's good teaching. I know he's, he's streaming live, but let me just give you some truth while he's streaming live. I'm a Bible teacher. I'm not a beggar. Amen. I'm a teacher so good you can't help but to write a check up in here. Amen. You're going to say, boy, that, bro that brother just messed me up with this. Let me write this thousand dollars. <laughs> Praise God. And God will bless you behind it because he said if you give sparingly, he'll, you reap sparingly. Amen. So what are you allowing to stop you from achieving greatness? Let me just ask some, just some, I know these are some deep, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But God asked me these questions, so I got to ask you these questions too. And he already pinned me to the floor. So, so what are you allowing to stop you from achieving, achieving greatness? Let me say that one more time. What are you allowing? Oh, let me change that a little bit. Who are you allowing to stop you from achieve, achieving greatness. Are there any other things you would like to accomplish than what you already have? Do you feel like where you are today is not the place you want to be tomorrow? See, these, these are all questions that hit me in my spirit. And I was like, wow, God, there's got to be more than what I'm living today. So to wrap this thing up, I want to talk about three experiences that we, the mentalities of our churches, three experiences, okay? So the first one can be found in Psalm 116, and let's turn there real quickly, Psalm 116, verse 12. Are you still here with me? Okay. Psalm 116, verse 12. I'm going to start reading while you turn there. Psalm 116, verse 12, it says, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. So the first Christian experience I want to talk about is a cup experience. A cup experience. See, a cup can only hold so much. Um, you can have different sizes of cups, but they really 
can't hold a whole lot of liquid. It's a cup experience. See, a cup experience is a metaphor for an individual's fate. The cup experience. So in Psalm 16, the psalmist credits the Lord with assigning his portion and his cup. In Psalm 23, it equates an abundant life to an overflowing cup. But the cup experience is limited because the cup experience is under the law. It's a cup experience. And so if it's under the law, that means that the law can't free anybody. It's just a cup. You have a little dab of God. You, you say you got God, but it's just a cup full of God. See, the law was important, but no man could keep the law and live. The reason God had to bring the law is so that we could see how beneath the level we are. Because without the law, you won't even know how much of sin you have been in. Come on. But just because you don't know the law, that doesn't absolve you from the law. Because ignorance of the law still doesn't take you away from it, right? So, so if, if you're driving out there and you're driving 80 and the, and the speed is 45, the cop is going to ask you, well, did you know how fast you were going? You said, uh, no, not really. And, and he said, I, I clock you at 80 and the, the, the speed is 45. And you said, I don't know. I did not know it was 45. Ignorance of the law is still going to get you a ticket. See, ignorance of the word of God, you're still going to have to live by it. So you can't make any excuses and say, well, I, I, I didn't know. God said, well, I gave you my word. I will not accept ignorance as accepting what you are saying to me right now. You are accepting a cup mentality when I want to take you deeper. Amen. See, see, a cup mentality or a cup experience will keep you locked up in traditionalism because all you got is a dab. And see, when all you have is a dab and you're not going into the word to figure out what's true and what's reality, then you, your whole experience is based on being pulled by the traditions of men. That's why it's so hard to pull people out of traditionalism because they've been operating in it for so long and after so many years. And, and it's hard to it's like a it's like a leech that gets inside of a person. And, and when you bring them truth, they will actually rebuke you and say, no, that's not what the Bible says, even though they haven't read it's a cup mentality and then you're defining everything by traditionalism the pharisees had a cup mentality because even the truth of god was standing right there in front of them and they refused the commands of god and and walked in the traditions of men it's a cup somebody said a cup mentality see a cup mentality will make you will make you uh have a skewed vision of jesus See, a cup mentality would say, well, Jesus was just a nice man. You know, he was, he was a prophet. He did really, really cool things. No, Jesus is God, not was God, because he's not dead. He's surely alive. And so since he's alive and the only thing that can die and pick up his life again is God. He said, no man can take my life. I lay it down. He said, if I lay it down, I'll pick it up again. Only God can pick it up. It's a cup mentality. It was a cup. Somebody say a cup. A cup mentality 
will make you settle for a limited understanding of absolute truth. Let me give you a statistic that I just pulled from, from the Barner Group. 24% of evangelicals, these are people who say they are saved. 24% of evangelicals believe Christians can support legal same-sex marriage and traditional marriage. 24%. Well, I'm trying to figure out what Bible they're reading. Now, if you got a, a cup mentality, you can change things, even though the Bible remains the same. You could change the bylaws of a church, but that don't change truth. See, absolute truth doesn't change. It doesn't even, it doesn't even, it doesn't even matter if you believe truth or not. Truth is not going to change for you. Truth. It's truth. And when skeptics come to me and say, oh, oh, Pastor John, I, there is no absolute truth. And I have to ask them, is that true? Did you, did you see that? I, I, I don't have to debate skeptics because they're dumb. If you have the wisdom of God, you say, well, well, Pastor, there is no absolute truth. Say, ask them, is that true? Because if they say yes, that is absolute truth for them. Hello? And if they say no, then I got them. So the same people who claim that there is no absolute truth have an absolute truth that they believe in. I'm trying to help you. I don't debate the word, but I will dialogue about it. But the Bible says, for him who answers a fool in his folly becomes a fool himself. See, you don't debate the word of God. You become a fool. I don't debate truth. Truth is going to be truth, whether somebody believe it or not. We're all going to die, and everybody in this room is going to live forever. The question is where? Everybody in this room is going to live forever. And I'm just hap- I just happen to be one of the little bald-headed preachers that's going to tell you the truth. I'm not trying to make friends, but I do want to make an impact on your soul. And I'll forfeit friendship with you if I can get you into heaven. That was good right there, boy. Somebody should have clapped on that. I'm going to keep on preaching anyway. Somebody say, I'm not going to settle for a cup mentality. Okay, so let me, let me go to the next one, the cup. Somebody say, I don't want to be a cup Christian. I don't want to be no cup Christian. I don't want to just have a little bit of the anointing. I don't want to have, have a little bit of understanding. I don't want to have a little bit of wisdom. I don't really want to have a little bit of authority. I don't really want to have a little bit of prosperity. See, see, when we start talking, when we say that word prosperity, people say, oh, yeah, I want prosperity. But when you say the anointing, they say, oh, oh no. <laughs> but they both is going to require something of you. If you want to be anointed, then you got to follow some principles. Well, you're not going to get the provision unless you follow the same principles. God is just not going to start printing money and dropping it from heaven. He don't work that way. No, God is going to use a vehicle. He's going to use something. If If you don't have enough money coming in, how many buckets do you have for money to come? How many buckets you got? Oh, I got my job. That's one bucket. What else are you doing to bring in money? Somebody say money. See, I can talk about money because money don't have me. And see, God can give me money because God loves me than he loves money. So, so since God loves you more than he loves money, he'll let you have money. Right? Somebody say money. The Bible says money answers all things. I can't pay bills on faith. 
I need some money. Somebody say money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Not that you have money. Hello, let me see if I can clean this thing up. And listen, I, I'm, and I'm, this is not one of them prosperity teaching messages either. I'm just saying, I want you to prosper. I'm going to prosper. Because it's based on what I do, not what you do. Can I help somebody today? Come on, somebody. And so, so God wants to prosper you, but that prosperity is going to be determined by principles. And those principles are going to be learned through a problem. Ooh, oh, boy. All right. I know it. I know it. I know you already said with past. I want the prosperity and I want the principle, but I don't want to have to go through that little problem thing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're still going to have to do it because because he said a promise. And every promise is going to be based on principles. Every principles you're going to have to learn through a problem before you can get into your provision. Did you get that promise? Principle, problem, provision. You can't get the provision until you get through that problem. And you won't get through that problem unless you understand the principles. And if you don't understand the principles, the promise is not yours. That's good. That's good. That's all right. I'm going to keep on preaching. I'm going to keep on preaching. Can I keep on preaching? All right. Y'all, y'all acting like it ain't good, but I'm going to keep on preaching anyway. Okay. So let's, let's, let's talk about the next mentality. Somebody said the next one. Okay, the next one can be found in John chapter 4, John chapter 4. So the first one was a cup mentality. Somebody say cup. No, I don't want to have a cup mentality. I don't want to have a cup anointing. I don't want to have a cup authority. So let's go to John chapter 4, John chapter 4. And uh, then we're going to learn about um, another experience or another mentality. John chapter 4, let's start reading in verse 10. Jesus, I'm going to go ahead and start reading for the sake of time. Jesus answered and said to her, now this is the woman at the well. I don't have time to read all of it, but I just want to capture and encapsulate what was talked about at, with the woman at the well. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Somebody say living Living water. Hallelujah. Living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father's Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and livestock? Verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again, will thirst again. Check this out, verse 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him. Somebody say in him. In him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So the next mentality is called a well mentality. So now you're going from a cup mentality to a well mentality. Now, Jesus was trying to bring this woman to a new level. Somebody say new level. And see, see she, she was living life, but Jesus wanted her to have it more abundantly. So he used an illustrated sermon of a well, and he's talked about this well. Now, this woman was drawing from a natural well for an external blessing to her body. And Jesus was trying to take her to a spiritual well for an internal blessing for her spirit. Come on, somebody. And so Jesus was trying to, trying to tell this woman that there's more to life than just living a whale mentality. He said, I know you're drawing from this natural whale, but I got something that's better than that. He said, because I will be a whale, a fountain coming up out of you. So what this speaks of, women and, women and men of God, is the new birth experience. 
So at this well is when you find Christ. At this well is when she shall, you know, Jesus told her all about her life, right? Because God says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. So he knew this woman before she had five men. He knew this woman before she started shacking up. Jesus said, I know you. You come up in here talking to me. He said, I knew you before you knew yourself. He said, so I got something for you. I got a well that's going to spring up inside of you to everlasting life. So I call this well the new birth experience. Why? Because in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, write this down. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. So this well is speaking of the new birth. Can I give you another scripture on that? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe on him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. And so this fountain, this well is springing up to everlasting life. But a well can get stagnant. See, you can't stop with just a well mentality. And see, you got to go further in God. And a lot of Christians are satis- satisfied with just a well mentality. Oh, I got saved. I got saved. Oh, I go to church. So? I give my consecrated offering of $5.35 every week. So you just a whale. You just got a whale mentality. So, so that's all right. I'm glad you come to church. I'm glad you give to the church. But, but listen, that doesn't make you a Christian. There, there, there are people who are not saved. They come to church every Sunday. And they'll tell you, I'm saved. No, no, no. Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? See, see they'll say, yeah, yeah, I received him as my Savior. No, 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 no. You, you missed what I said. I said, have you received him as your Lord and your Savior? See, there are a lot of people who only want the Savior part. I just want to be saved. I, I just want to slip into heaven. I just want to go to church and I just want to give. And God, 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 can you just give me a, a get out of hell free card and, and I can just slip on in? Can I still live like I want to live and still go to heaven? God, wait a minute. You said you love me with an everlasting love. But just because God loves you, he doesn't condone everything that we do. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, you just got a well mentality. You, you, the new birth experience is just the first experience. See, he's trying to take us out of the Old Testament with a cup, and then he takes us to a well. That's just the second experience. See, a lot of people with the well experience, they, they're, they're, they think they know everything. You can't tell them anything. They know everything about the Bible. Have you read it from cover to cover? Nope. Well, how you? Well, I heard this pastor say. Let, let me t- can I help y'all? Let, let me help you. I would rather you quote the Bible than quote me. No, don't tell me what this bishop said or, or apostle said this or oh the evangelist said this. No, say the Bible says. See, see, because when you quote the Bible, then God will back you up. See, you can't even get around people. Well, my bishop said this, and and da 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 da, and this bishop said that, da 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 da, and he said, and, and but are you living it? Because I just saw you cussing people out. Oh yeah, I'm gonna call it out because as Christians, we can judge people in the house of God. Let me just clean this up. We can judge in the house. We can't judge outside of the house. But if you're not living the standard, I and you have a right to judge it. Now you never better read Apostle Paul so you can get some clarification on that. He said, you do it in love. Yeah. 
Am I teaching you some good stuff today? Amen. See, let me, let me tell you something else about a well mentality that I see people have in the church. People, God says, I want you to give a certain amount. They go, well. God says, I need you to go over there and ask them to forgive you. Well. See, that's that well mentality. Y'all see what I'm talking about here today. God says, God says, listen, listen, I know you don't have this kind of money in the bank, but I want you to go ahead and start that ministry. You say, well. See, a well mentality will always come up with excuses why you don't do what God is. It's because you, mm -hmm. Pastor says, listen, listen, you ready for this ministry? Well, Pastor. People say, well, the Lord said, Pastor, it's time for me to leave. And I go, well. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so the Lord is delivering me too. Amen. Somebody say, Lord, deliver me from a cup mentality and a well mentality. I'm glad that you got saved. And if you're not saved, I want you to get saved today. Let me tell you, let me define what salvation is. Salvation is you have had an experience with God. Salvation is not saying a prayer. Anybody can say a prayer and not change. Salvation is you repent. Repentance is not doing 360 degrees because you wind up in the same place you were. Repentance is doing a 180, but not there. And you walk in a different direction. So you cannot tell me that you came down to the altar and you said a prayer and you're still acting crazy. Either God is a liar or you don't have it. And I just choose to believe God does not lie. So you're not going to tell me you're going to keep on living like hell. And then all of a sudden you're going to come down to the altar. I'm going to just go down and say a little prayer again next Sunday. And then on Monday, I'm going to still live like hell. And then, then, then you put a gag order on the church and on pastors because then you say, then you don't have a right to say anything about how I live. You better learn what's in this Bible because as a pastor, I got a right to judge your lifestyle, especially if I'm living by that. Now, if I'm not living by that, I can't tell anybody how to live. That's why you got to be under the right pastor. And if you are not fornicating, woman-loving pastor, then that's what you're going to have is a bunch of fornicators, women-lovers in the house. Everything comes from the top down. Purity or impurity. I'm just, I'm, look, look, I'm just telling you, God is separating churches today. And you better, you, I just hope and pray you in the right one. I'm not saying you got to come to covenant because there is a standard in this house. Everybody can't come to this church. There's a, come on, you know, that's right, Sam. Sam say, hey, man, that brother crazy. <laughs> hey, man. Listen, but listen, that standard is nothing but the standard of God. The problem is a lot of churches have a cup mentality. And then they'll take you to the well experience. But don't you realize there's more? And let me tell you what happens. Can I read another scripture to you real quickly before we go to the last one? Okay, real quickly. Let me read this one to you. Write this down in your notes. Ooh, this is so good. Thank you, Lord. Genesis, I get so excited with the word. Genesis chapter 26, verse 18. I'm going to read it to you real quickly. It says, 
And Isaac departed from there and camped in the valley of Gerah and settled there. Then Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the same names which his father had given them. So the wells were plugged up by the Philistines. Now the Philistines were the enemy. And the enemy filled the whales with earth. Earth is indicative to flesh. So the enemy will always try to fill the whale with fleshly desires. And some of us, what we need to do is we need to clean the whale out. Right? And the only thing that's going to clean the whale is the word. Because the word washes you. It cleanses you. And once you get into the word of God, the word will begin to cleanse your well of pride, of arrogance, of depression, of obsession, of craziness, of anger, of anxiety, of fear, and any other thing that I can name. Every ism that I can name, when you get into the Word of God, the Word of God will get into you to root out your well. But that is still just a well experience. There is a third level. Are y'all ready for it? Are you sure? All right. Let's go to the third level. Go to John chapter 7. And we're going to say this, and then then we're going to pray and go home. Are you getting anything out of this today? All right. John chapter 7, verse 37. So we talked about a cup experience or a cup mentality that you only have a cup full of something. And then we talked about the whale mentality. That's the new birth experience. But in the whale, that's anything. It can go stagnant. Water in the whale can go stagnant. But man, I'm telling you, there is another level that God wants every Christian to operate on. He says at the new birth, you have life. But now we got to talk about the life more abundantly. Hello, somebody. And so that's what we're going to talk about right now. John Chapter 7, verse 37. Are you there? You're probably already reading it. Y'all went ahead. You're not supposed to be doing that. They're supposed to wait on my cues. All right, so John chapter 7, verse 37 said, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man thirst, are you thirsty today? See, see, thirst, this thirst is not a thirst in the natural. See, See, Jesus was giving the woman at the well, she was getting the natural water. Now, Jesus is trying to take us to a new experience. He said, if any man thirsts, wait a minute, there must be something on the inside of you that's thirsting for more of God. You have been eating from the natural well of man. You have been putting stuff in your mind. You have been doing different things in the natural. You have been saying different things in the natural. You have been pleading and groping and trying to move forward in the natural. And God says, you're going to have to now thirst for something spiritual. Because the natural man cannot discern the things of the Spirit of God, nor can he know them because they must be spiritually discerned. There are some things that you can only get, and there are some things that God can only confer to you when you are in the Spirit. He said, for my spirit is not for them that draw back. 
You're going to have to enter into God. He said, if any man thirsts, if you're thirsty in the natural, and I'm talking about you thirsty. You, I mean, you, your mouth is so parched. When you get that water, you, the water just goes all Why? Because you, 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 oh, my God, this water is just so good. That's how God is. When you get a hold of God real good, it's just like, oh, God, you're so good. This is what dripping. Oh, God, you're just so good. You just blessed me so much. See, when you got God on that level, you stop praying for stuff. See, what I've learned, thanks of God, I, now I just say, God, you know what? I, it don't even matter what you give me. I just want to love on you. I'm at that point now. It took me a minute to get there. But now I'm there. I'm like, Lord, I mean, I, I love you. I appreciate you being in my life. I thank you that you didn't leave my crazy behind on that alcohol bottle. I thank you that you didn't leave me on that radiation table full of cancer, that you healed my body. I thank you, God, that you didn't leave me to myself. I mean, now I'm understanding. Man, you remember when you first got saved? You remember how excited you were? Come on, somebody. You just told everyone. You talked to the chickens. I'm saved. They're looking at you like, McBarkland said, what? <laughs> you just, you didn't care. You had so, you was so, oh my God, your spirit was, was so on fire for God. You told everybody about it. And then a month later, then people started saying, oh boy. And no, man, I got something. Now. Yeah, you, you've been down to that church, haven't you? And then you allow people and things and distractions and the vicissitudes of life to stop you in your tracks. And we stop talking about God and we start talking about stuff. I'm guilty. First one looking at you. I'm guilty of that. But let me tell you something. I'm not going to let anybody quench my fire. Amen. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. See, and it has nothing. And look, I'm so, I'm so delivered from pastoring now. I don't ever have to pastor. I, I'm delivered from that. Some men just got to be in the pulpit. I don't. I, I'm just, I, I, I can sit at home and just love God. I, I, I'm delivered from people. I mean, I love you, but I ain't in love with you. I'm in love with that sexy thing that was in right there. He gave me my own so I wouldn't fall in love with you. And see, when a pastor falls in love with his congregation, he's at competition with Jesus. Because you're his woman, not the pastor. If any man thirsts, come on, somebody. <laughs> let me get back to this word before I get in trouble. If any man thirsts, let him come to me. He who believes in me, somebody said believes. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So the third mentality is a rivers mentality. So you start off with a cup mentality. You learn a little bit about God, but then you got saved, right? You, you went to the well, the well of living water, and Jesus saved you. You were regenerated, right? Your spirit came alive, but God says, don't stay there. I want to release out of you because, see, the first experience, the new birth, that's for you. But the rivers experience is for others because the rivers come out of you to bless other people. And so a lot of people is all about, see, church is meism. Uh, they got to have the right program. They got to preach the right messages. They can't sing but two songs, and church better be out in an hour. 
But let me just tell you something before you leave today. God is not on your agenda. You might have a whale mentality. He's not on your agenda. He's on his agenda. Hello, somebody. And so, so, so when we look at this, man, God says, I want to take you to rivers of living water. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. That's the next mentality I'm talking about. Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not with food or drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Did you, did you, did you hear that? Righteousness, peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. You can't have real joy unless you're full of the Spirit. You can be happy, but happy is a result of what's happening. So if, if what's happening changed, then you stop being happy. But joy is, does, joy is not affected by the outside stimuli. Joy comes out of the river. Come on, somebody. Am I, t- am I talking to somebody in here today? See, I- I'm trying to help you that we, we cannot be satisfied with the cup mentality. We cannot be satisfied with just drinking at the well. We got to move forward to be full of the spirit so that out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. Come on, somebody. Man, I read this story of this little boy. I was reading one of my old books. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth or A.W. Tozier. It was a story about a little boy. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, he came home and his mama said, how does it feel? So the little boy thought for a second. He says, like I got a tiger in my tank. (laughs) Do you have a turtle in your tank or a tiger? That thing spoke to me. The little boy, he said, I got a tiger in my tank. And I had to think about my own life. And I said, do I have a tiger in my tank? Or a turtle. See, if you got a turtle in your tank, people say something, you go in your shell. Oh, we don't speak Jesus here. You go in your shell. He's a turtle. You got a turtle mentality. We got too many turtle Christians. And somebody said, you can't say this. You can't do that. Well, uh, who, who are you? Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me get this straight. So you can talk about this, but I can't talk about my king. So let, 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 let's both of us march to HR. Because if you're going to talk that mess, I'm going to talk about my Savior. Let me tell you why I don't mind doing that. Because God loves me, and he's going to protect me. Can, can I help you out? God loves you so much, he'll destroy things. When people mess with you. Let me, t- let me tell you what I know. Do I have Bible on that? Yes, sir. In the book of Acts, they locked up Paul and Silas. And all they did was pray and give praises to God. And the Bible says, and suddenly the foundation began to shake. And the prison doors were open and they were released. Let me tell you something. When the, when the world tries to lock you up, you just sing and give praises to God and let God rock the foundation of the world. Come on, somebody. I believe that with all of my heart because God is no respecter person. 
Hello, somebody. God is not going to do something in the Bible that he wouldn't do in your life. Hello. Okay, so no cup, no well. We want a river. How many of you want a river today? All right, lift your hands and say, Lord, release the river. I want a tiger in my tank. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.